spine is really like the window opening. It's like the entryway. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy and thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders in our community. Sharon McNeil is teaching drawing for absolute beginners. She says it's never too late. Her focus is on baby boomers, maybe people who have retired, who are looking for something new to try. It's a beautiful way to engage your brain, especially if you find yourself in a situation where you're maybe struggling with loneliness after COVID, or maybe you've retired and you don't know what you want to do. And she has an amazing soiree where you just hop on a Zoom with some other people and learn together. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you. So we are going to be talking about your art program. I know a little bit about you and that you're an artist, but you have created this amazing program for adults. I think it would be maybe what you call mature adults, but I'm not strict with age. That's not so important. But at a certain point when people grow up, they give up drawing because it's not practical and they have to make a living. They don't really think about doing it as something just for fun. And it also is really good for them. Drawing is amazing for your brain, but I wanted to offer something mainly because when I taught in a community college level, some of the most inspired students I had, they graduated or they were working and then they came back and they might've been in their forties or fifties. Some had retired, but they'd waited so long. And then they were just so excited to be in an art class and they just blossomed and it was so inspiring. So that's really who I'm targeting. I've taught a lot of young college students. I've never really taught children, but college students that were going off to school to be animators or some sort of professional career. I taught that for quite a while when I was on the East Coast. And that's fun. It's just, there's a lot of schools like that for people. There's a lot of focus for that. But I really want to do something for people that aren't going off to art school, that are doing it just because they want to enhance their life. So that's what's really important to me. The idea of growing older and not having something like that that you can do is just really sad to me because when you draw, you see the world in a whole new way. It just looks different and everything can be inspiring when you know how to see which is really what I teach. There are a lot of projects or you can go and do a project and let's, let's dabble with watercolor and let's do this and this will be fun. And I think that's that's fine. But what I want to do is really go back to traditional drawing, painting, basically in a traditional style because it really teaches you how to see. And that process is fun, but you're, you really are working to learn, to learn how to see differently. It's just, it's a little bit different because it's something that you build on. I have so many questions. Something that occurred to me when you were talking that I never really thought of was how when reality hits, like real life hits, what does everyone tell you? Get a real job. So often I think people give up that desire or that creativity and the thought that you're offering it, you're saying, hey, it's still not too late. Definitely. I think it's different today. A lot of if you look at job descriptions, they're looking for soft skills. They're looking for people that can communicate, that are observant, that are creative. And actually the art, the drawing design process, it teaches you to be creative and think divergently. So those are skills that they are looking for in the marketplace. And some art schools have really taken that off. And sadly that they're cutting those out of public schools, but it is a need that's out there. So people that really want to do the arts, there's a lot more careers as an artist that you can do now with 
game design and film and you know it's not just entertainment sometimes they're even for the military or it's really what they call visual thinking but i think that this people retiring now they didn't really have that opportunity there weren't as many and and a lot of times there's this separation between fine art and the real world or craft there's a kind of arbitrary separation between that which is, makes it a little hard for ordinary people to wrap their minds around that they can just do this and enjoy it and it doesn't have to be part of a career path right you don't have to make money at it but what i hear you saying is when people get back into their art it's almost like a come home that there's a heart connection that you're seeing yeah i really believe that because it's very tactile and it's natural and when you're a child no one has to tell you oh pick up a crayon and draw they just do it automatically and as you grow by the time you're 12 then things start getting graded or evaluated in a certain way and that is something that really kills creativity i mean you can be helped even the way we teach in college we know this we've seen studies that if you take a group of people and you basically you tell them okay work on this project and just have fun you tell another group okay work on this project and then we're going to evaluate you afterwards we're going to grade it the one that we're told they weren't going to be graded they're always much more creative so It's kind of an uncomfortable arrangement between the universities and and art programs that they're aware of. My daughter in high school did an art project and she probably got like an A minus rather than an A plus. But I remember her being so upset that she went and talked to the art teacher because she's like, how can you grade this? And I just remember that stuck with me as to her, that felt like almost an attack on her creativity. Right. Okay. So I'll put it this way. When I teach, there are ways that are like, I would say, I'm not going to say right or wrong because you do make choices, right? There are some ways that are more effective. I teach people to draw realistically based on what they see, but that doesn't mean it's always accurate. The way that we see and respond to something, there is variance in there. And you can kind of tell when somebody is they're basically if you're too tight you need to loosen up if you're too loose you can you can tighten up basically but in the process of what I, I teach them is they actually see things differently they learn how to evaluate what's there in front of them i don't know that i'm really teaching them how to be creative i'm just teaching them how to see and then that basically we are so visual then you start seeing more that's really part of the process the creativity is I always hated grading it's just it's just something that we had to do and you Mm -hmm. had to have a really strong rubric and but you're right yeah how can you grade it It, people take that very personally and I think a lot of times most of my students I hear from them that they quit drawing because of there's an event sometimes somebody said something It's, it's really sad so so they don't like there's an emotional wound And that's hard to get over and just trying to believe that they can do it. I have a friend who she wanted to do some art, but she said her teacher told her never to try to do art for a living. I'm a life coach. So I coached her and I said, well, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to open up my garage to the community. I want people to come in and I want to have FEMO and paint. And she wasn't an artist. She didn't know how to make any of this happen. She just knew she wanted to create a place. Those were some of the best years of her life. She said, getting past that being told, don't Mm -hmm. do art. But I think that that's kind of what happens. People can be judgmental. Somebody could love one piece of art and another person could hate it. Right. I think that that could make it really hard. What would you say to the person who 
says, I can't draw. I would invite them to one of my online drawing soirees. That's what really what that's for. It's all about busting that belief that you can't draw. Because we go into some breakout rooms and we do a little bit of discussing these subjects. What was it like to draw as a child? With basically, to, so that people can warm up to each other. I think that being comfortable is so important in the process of learning. It's so important. If you're not comfortable, you're not going to take in that information. And if you get uptight and nervous, or somebody says something hurtful, this thing happens where all the blood drains away from your brain. It goes into your muscles. You're in this fight or flight mode. Your brain doesn't know the difference between real danger and not danger. You're just upset, but you're, you can't receive information in a state like that. So we try to make it just really welcoming. We'll just get to know each other a little bit. And then I do some demonstrations and I show them how to do some gesture drawing which is, it's really hard to explain. If you were to went to art school or you did any art classes, you might know. A lot of times it's not taught very well. And so it's hard for people to really know what the purpose is. But basically it's, it's really meant to, when you're drawing, to make a place for your right brain to take over. Right brain, left brain has sort of been, it's not that cleanly divided, but basically that the visual part of your brain, the parts of our brain that are very time sequencing, analytical, you know, you take a problem, you break it into parts and, and you solve it that way. But you don't really start a drawing that way. You need to start with this other part of your brain that sees it in a holistic way. And that's what this sort of drawing does. So we do some exercises and we do some more breakout rooms and, and I've had really good results. Some people have really said that they have noticed a difference in their drawing from going to that. So that's what I would tell somebody to do, because I do hear that a lot. I didn't get the gene. My sister got it all. My my sister's been going to this event and she's got the same story. It's like she showed my mom some drawing she did when she was younger. And my mom said, oh, that's nice, honey. And it kind of hurt her feelings. It doesn't take much. We have no filter when we're a child. So those little wounds, they just kind of fester. I feel like you can get over that by learning that you can do it. When my grandkids will draw a picture and then they ask me what it is, I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be damaging for life if I don't get it right. The one thing I really noticed is you talk about learning. I'm a big fan of neuroplasticity and how our brain uh, needs to keep learning. And when you think about learning like the art of drawing and then so much that goes with it. it. It feels like it could be an area where you could just the rest of your life, you could keep growing and learning from it. Right. When I first realized, because I've drawn this for as long as I can remember, but when I first walked into an academy in Seattle, I was taking a workshop and this teacher was going off about stuff I had never heard before because I never really got this kind of information when I was in, in college even in our classes. I mean, he was demonstrating, he was explaining in such a logical way. It made so much sense. And I knew at that moment, I was, this is something at 26, 27, I could spend the rest of my life learning this. You learn, really learn something when you start to teach others. So that is the thing that I'm so excited about. I've done some research and basically because we're so logical and left brain and the way we are we thinking we're very detail oriented the right brain doesn't get used as much as it could but we still have this huge visual memory i mean half of our brain is used to process visual images so if you start developing that it really shows up and there have been studies shown that actually show in images growth from people that are in retirement or 50s and older 
basically taking our classes compared to people that hadn't. And it's, I think it's like they're 73% less likely to cognitive decline becomes less so because you're, you're actually growing your brain and your images are attached to so many other parts of the brain than just a word. It's really significant that that can really help and definitely spending the rest of your life. It takes about 10 years to really master drawing and seeing and, you know, but people are living longer. So who knows what they can accomplish in the time when they retire. When people retire, often they will quit learning. So what a great way to stay engaged. And then with COVID, we learned how lonely people got. So now you're in this soiree where you get to not only learn something, but you get to connect with other people. I think that's a really important part of it. There are a lot of aspects today where there are groups. Seattle has one of them, the Urban Sketchers. They're the initial one where people meet once a month and they go and they draw the city. And there are, there might be over a hundred. There's a lot of Urban Sketcher groups. So people getting together to draw, I think is also a really good, important part of it. So one of the things you said in the beginning was I teach people to see. What comes to mind is I think that it would be easy to get caught up in perfectionism. Like I might imagine what an eye looks like. And when I go to draw it, it's not going to look like an eye. So talk more about that. Yeah, that's a really big one. A lot of people say I couldn't do this. It didn't look the way I thought it should or the way I saw it in my head. But see, I don't teach you to see things in your head. I teach you to see what's in front of you. So we cannot even talk about how you're reacting to what you see. Yeah, perfectionism is a real problem in education as well, because when you're looking, it's it's really, it's an activity. You're looking and drawing is the process of looking. So if you talk about grading it, I mean, how do you grade a process? But it's the process of looking. So you kind of are exploring as you do this. You're always on the edge of a mistake, or maybe you keep making mistakes until you are finished, right? You you put something down and then you adjust it and then you adjust it and then you adjust it. And then if you're afraid to make a mistake, you'll never push yourself the way you could. So you kind of have to get used to the feeling of not knowing what you're doing. When you're not sure what you're doing, because what you're looking at is so fascinating, it's like you are really figuring it out as you look. Another thing I'll say is that when you know children, before they actually learn language, think visually, that they are really, the way they'll stare at something, they absorb information. And that shifts when we learn language. We look at something and it's a chair. We don't pay as much attention to it, then that's what I teach people to do is really look at what it is they're seeing because it's not just a chair, the word, which we categorize things. And there's a reason we do it. We can, takes a lot of information to hold those. So, And I love what you say about letting go of not only the idea of not knowing, but letting go of what you think it should look like. Right. And I think this is part of the things about drawing that's so good is that I think you do use that analytical part of your brain. But later, you have to get something established first. And so getting rid of that is probably the first challenge. I teach people about five to seven different ways of looking at things. And if you see the kinds of drawings they do, you you overlap them together, it comes out with a really sort of robust idea of that, what that image, what that thing is. And everyone does it a little differently. It's, It's a way of looking at things, basically. Again, there's so many benefits to learning to draw And when I think of our seniors and when I think of people with dementia, I just spoke with someone today whose parent passed and she said, well, she's free from dementia. And I think about how when we're learning and you you keep bringing up cognitive, it's like when you're doing something, it's 
going to keep your brain active. So can you talk about some of the benefits for the elderly or mature adults? Right. Some of the things I've heard my students say is they feel a sense of calmness and it takes them to another place. One said, she said, I know when I have a white piece of paper in front of me and a pencil in my hand, I go to this other place. It's my own world. And I thought that was really amazing. She just started learning to draw from me from you know, never drawing before and, and was really like can retire in a few years. And she, her husband's like, you need to figure out what you're going to do because you're a type A personality and you're going to drive me crazy if you don't have a project. I mean, that's there's that. But also it's uh, depression is a is a big problem and you need a compelling future. A compelling future is what's going to get you through basically life in anything. And so as you were saying, you can spend the rest of your life learning these things, the the world around you, you can draw your garden, you can draw traveling, there's so many ways you can apply this to what's around. But the memory and basically motor skills, there's a lot of advantages to besides and, you know, emotional well-being are, that's a big one. Talk about stress relief. Yeah, that's a big one too. Yeah, I suppose it's because everything else goes away and you're just in the moment. I mean, you are really in the moment. And that's one of the things I like about the Urban Sketchers you know, idea is that you travel and you know how you're in a place and you want to appreciate it. You don't want to just rush from place to place. Imagine standing in a place for two hours and really being there and being completely fascinated and experience it like no one else has. You know, it's your unique experience. And I think that being so focused in the moment really helps relieve stress. That's just, a, I think, a different experience for a lot of people. Well, and when you think about the hustle bustle, people are so busy. I just heard this thing yesterday that people are having COVID nostalgia because as much as they hated lockdown, it right. gave them time to do those kind of things. Right. Yeah, it's true. The world, it keeps us pretty busy. The idea of slowing down and looking at something or at looking at another person, if you're drawing a person or something like that, I think it is It is the slowing down and just being patient that also is a big stress reliever. It can bring out you know, emotions that you might not have thought of because you have this time, this quiet time. You're basically, the clutter of the things that worry you, are, they just go away while you're doing it because you're so focused and you're actually doing so like you could listen to a book on tape or yes. you could listen to music but when you're drawing you can do all those things and you're still actually doing something which is engaging your brain yes exactly i mean i remember certain things if i had to do some grading i could never listen to a book right no it has to be but i could do it when i'm painting because i'm just that's just the way our brains work it's pretty amazing so it's a, it's really enjoyable. Oh, well, I used to paint scenery for the theater in, in Seattle and we would listen to music a lot. That was pretty fun. Listening to music while you work. With the loss of art in schools and different programs, I feel like the love of it almost is coming back. Like people want it more. They can't take it for granted that they can yeah. take it in school. What are some of the, I think we talked a little bit about the long-term goals of it, but can you just kind of recapsulate somebody that's maybe retiring? What are the long-term goals if they sign up for a class and they start to learn this? Right. I'm basically working at building a two-year program, right? But I basically, a beginning drawing class, basically getting them so that they're pretty comfortable with a pencil and being able to draw things in perspective. Then the next level is really doing a little bit of watercolor with that. I have a, a watercolor sketch class so that, that they can take a sketchbook with them and travel and draw what they see and have an idea about how to compose and 
a lot of it is you have to simplify what you can do. Another course is working with light and shadow, which is more of a preparation for painting, basically understanding the structure and the form. And that's a lot more engaged. That's a portraiture. I don't teach drawing from my imagination. That's not what really what I do. What I do is teaching basically from observation. So it sounds like it layers, like start here, teach you to draw what you see, and then we're going to layer and start layering on top of it. That's a good way to put it. Right. And when people have like taken the first class and maybe they've been reluctant, but they did it because maybe they didn't think they could draw. What have been some things that you've noticed? I have some students that are so excited to just continue or they want to start painting really quickly. Some people want to paint before they learn drawing. That's So I can teach a little drawing with painting, but sometimes it's a little bit of disbelief or enthusiasm. That's what's really exciting is that, wow, I can do this. They want to try more things. That's, I think, the most exciting thing is when somebody is just discovering that they really can do something and they're surprised by it. Inevitably, it doesn't come from forcing it through. It usually comes from that allowing it to happen. And it's a lot of practice. It is a lot of work. I try to make some of these courses are just a little bit a day, 10 minutes a day, just to kind of keep you working at it and, and not judging it. Students are the hardest judges of their own work. Yeah, we're the worst on ourselves. Right. One of the things I love you say is it enhances joy and also maybe makes you want to like travel and go and discover things more. That in itself, teaching people to observe, take it in and then put it down feels phenomenal. So where can we find you? I have a resources page. That's probably the easiest thing. If you go to Sharon McNeil Fine Art. That will basically have links to my different events. Sharon, before we go, I just want to ask you, I know you've kind of touched on a few things, but what inspired this? I feel like I've been leading up to this as I developed as an artist and then started teaching. As a professor at Savannah College of Art and Design, we were so busy. I started doing a lot of my own sketching because I didn't have a lot of time to paint and I could process through my ideas more. And it was a very demanding job, but I had such great colleagues. I learned so much from them about teaching. Coming back to the Northwest is like coming home for me because I grew up here. With COVID, I kind of ended up without between jobs too. So really learning about business is who's your ideal client and who are the people that love to learn from you. I feel like with so many people retiring, a lot of baby boomers, I think that that, I have a lot to offer them. The thing that keeps coming to my mind is I feel like there's somebody, I have a grandma or an aunt or a person that is sitting at home Yeah, they they don't have any motivation to do anything. What do I say to them to get them to at least give a try? I would invite them to the online drawings for it. That's the best thing to just join and experience it. See where you go from there if you enjoy it. The other part of the puzzle, I think for me, was that it was traveling. I was 19 and I went to Greece and spending the summer on this little island that that I wanted to go back to. So 25 years I went back. I, I had a grant. I did some drawing and painting and really started doing a lot more in my sketchbook. And that's what got me so excited about sketching as you travel. But you can travel vicariously too, by drawing something. So yeah, I mean, I think about my own grandmother as being alone. It's just kind of sad. And just really, what could she do? I think the idea of people getting together and doing this is just really a great way to do it. I think about so many movies that like, start out with somebody with a sketch pad in another country. I think of Hallmark movies. What I love about what you're doing is it feels like this big invitation to say, hey, why don't you try this? 
Like, yeah. what have you got to lose? Nothing. You don't have anything to lose. Just take some paper from your printer and you can use a, a magic marker or a highlighter pen or a pencil and just give it a try. One of my favorite bumper stickers, you've probably seen this. It says, art is life. Yeah, I agree with that. I really think it is. It's such a part of us. I do think it is something that people are creative and I feel like they need some way to express it, whether it's music or visual. This might be the right venue for some people. Yeah, I love it that you have created a space for people to come and try. Worst case scenario, you gave it a try. Best case, you've opened a door to all these new amazing things in the creativity that maybe has just been laying dormant all these years. Yeah, definitely. Tell us again where we can get information on your classes. SharonMcNeilFineArt.com before we go, I have one more question. Are your students just sketching with pencil or are they using anything with color? That's a great question. We use a pencil for a lot. One of my classes, it's just a gesture drawing class and they use a lot of different materials. And a lot of times they use a brush. Drawing with a brush, whether it's black or brown or you know other colors, it feels very differently. Drawing with different materials, charcoal or Conte, everything feels different when you try a different material and you might respond to some better. So I do encourage people to try that just depending on the concepts. There's different certain materials that work for certain concepts, but it all is just to build towards your understanding of what you're seeing. And then really it's what material is best for what you want to draw. I mean, if you travel, charcoal gets all smeary in the sketchbook. So that's not, you know, watercolor works really well. My travel sketch class, I do teach a little watercolor. We do a color wheel. We talk about how the different colors interact and we talk about the mood that you can create with different colors. I taught color 30 for eight years, so I could go on and on. But there's just so much to color. It's a whole other dimension. Drawing is really like the window opening. It's like the entryway. It was a foundation class that everybody took at our school in Savannah before they went on to anything else. I'm sort of starting there, but I, I do plan to build even more classes on top of it. What really resonated with me is the coach in me is the art of just being present in the moment. People get really anxious about their past or their future, and they're not paying attention to what's around them. I am guilty. I could be the person who drives up to your house every day and Two years I go, did you paint your house? And you're like, what do you mean? It's always been blue. Teaching people to be really observant is amazing. Every day doing a little bit because practice makes permanent. Yeah, it does. You're growing your brain in that way, making new connections. And it's enjoyable if you let it be. If you don't judge it, you can yeah. really enjoy it. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue talking with people that are making a difference. 